All right, we are back. We are here at the Biblos Network. We're in the studio. We are talking about the great things of God, and we are excited that you could be with us. I don't know how long this session is going to be today, guys. Um, we'll see how it goes as we move along. If you if you are around church or around religion or denominalism for any length of time, you'll hear this phrase. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And some people call that the Roman road. I want to take a little time today and I want to describe the Roman road. I want to shed, hopefully, a little insight, a little light upon Romans 10. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Because the Bible says that with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. With the heart, man believes under righteousness. And thou shalt be saved. And it's true. But what I want to leave you with today, and, and please feel free to send this to your friends who might have heard this, or maybe they believe a certain way concerning this phrase. That phrase doesn't mean what people think it means. Here at the Biblos Network, we strongly encourage people to look at the epistles through the lens of the book of Acts. If the book of Acts is the glasses through which you view the Scripture, things radically shift from the way Maybe you were raised the way you have previously interpreted the scripture. If you just, you know, fly in from outer space in a flying saucer and land on Romans 10 and just arbitrarily read that, you will come away with a radically different interpretation than if you had come through the book of Acts. So let me tell you what most people do. Somebody comes up to him, they say, hey, you want to go to heaven? I'll tell you how to go to heaven. You need to have faith in Jesus. And then you need to say a prayer. Tell God to forgive you of your sins. They do. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. don't want to live like that. don't want to do that. Those are very good things. Those are very necessary things. We do have to have faith. We do express our faith. We do uh, repent of our sins. That's all very biblical. It's necessary. But then they'll say, now you don't need to be baptized and you don't need to receive the Holy Ghost Um, speaking with other tongues, what you need to do is you need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you'll be saved. That's what the Bible says. And that trips people up because the Bible does say that. You'll find it in Romans chapter 10. And what they will do is they will go, Lord, I confess you. I believe in my heart that you have been raised from the dead Accept me into your kingdom, Lord. And they will say some prayers to that effect. And to them, they are confessing with their mouth and they're believing in their heart. Come into my heart by faith, Jesus. Amen. And and people will tell them, there, you were just saved. And it's a travesty because it's not true. Nobody in the Bible ever did that. There is no record of anybody ever praying that prayer. There's no example of it. Peter didn't do it. He had the keys to the kingdom of heaven, according to Mark, uh, Matthew 16. We never read where Luke did it. We never read where Mark did it. 
James, John, we never read where anybody ever did that. Where did that come from? It came from denominal people reading the book of Romans and interpreting it vicariously and imposing a, a way of thinking upon that scripture. So I, I want to take a moment here and I want to talk about other people's mail. This is a beautiful, beautiful topic. The book of Romans, all of the epistles, the letters to the Corinthian church, the church, the letter to Galatia, to Ephesus, to Philippi, they are they hold this, this greeting at the very beginning that says, to the church at Rome, to, to, the, to the church at Corinth, at Galatia, grace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I thank God, my God, upon every remembrance of you. And, and they, there's this standard greeting at the beginning of these epistles. An epistle is a, is, a, is a letter. It is a letter to that church from the apostle. I want to talk about opening other people's mail. It's important that the one to whom the letter is being written is understood and is validated. This is so important that the Bible says in Revelation that the books of God had seals upon them, seven seals. And those seals in the ancient world, they would take a signet ring. They'd put a ring on their hand and it would have a carved signet that they would dip in hot wax. They would take that wax and they would place it upon the envelope or upon the letter to seal it. it that seal was not to be opened or to be broken by anyone other than the person to whom the letter was being addressed. And the scripture tells us in Revelation that nobody was worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. That is a prophetic eschatological way of saying you cannot understand these letters without Jesus. Moses wasn't worthy, Elijah, Elisha, Zechariah, Malachi, Zephaniah, none of them were worthy to open the book, to loose the seals. And, and, and John began to weep because there was none worthy, and, and finally one in white said, Weep not, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed. And he is worthy. Jesus is worthy. So I'll tell you right now, Jesus is worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof. And in Revelation, he did just that. He opened it up. So that is all a prophetic way of saying that you cannot understand those letters without Jesus. Only the children of Jesus, only those who go through the new birth will properly read those Letters. So if you're trying to read Romans and Corinthians and Galatians and just vicariously saying, well, I think it means this or I think it means that, it's a grave error because you're going to get things like confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And here you are making this verbal confession, trying to obey what the scripture says, but the, and that's not what it meant. So what did it mean? Well, in order to understand Romans, you need to come through the book of Acts. You need that original book of Acts experience from Acts chapter 2. You need to have gone through it, and the people who went through that early church experience understood exactly what Paul 
was trying to say to the church at Rome. They're they're looking at the they're looking at these letters through the lens of the book of Acts. So you'll never find anybody saying, Lord, I confess you with my mouth. I'm believing in my heart. Come down into my heart by faith. You'll never see that because it never happened. That is a modern invention, very recent invention, uh, a way of doing things that the apostles never did. And it's why we don't do it. So what will you find? What you will find is on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And here it is, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The example we have of confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart is when the Holy Ghost came upon them and they spoke with other tongues. That's the example we have. This, this is such an amazing, amazing truth. Not only is that what happened in the book of Acts, but it happened in Acts 8 and it happened in Acts 10 and it happened in Acts 19. I referenced those for baptism in the previous session, but it also is true of the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Not only are we baptized in water, but we're also baptized in the Spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born of the water and born of the Spirit. So when you go to the book of Acts, you find an amazing portion of Scripture. Peter gets up, and he is preaching that the Holy Ghost is for you, that that you have crucified Jesus. He's preaching Jesus. And they ask the question, what in the world's going on? Are these people drunk? And Peter stands up. They're not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, the third hour of the day. And he begins to talk about how the Spirit's going to be poured out. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. He says, um, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Then come down to verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this is them calling on the name of the Lord. When they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, that was them calling on the name of the Lord. That is the template we have. Not, Lord, I confess you, come down into my heart. Never happened. But they did speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Now, come down to verse 25. Most people know that Joel said, I'll pour out my Spirit. But very few people know what David said. You'll find it in verse 25. It says this, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Watch, verse 26. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Did you catch that? My heart rejoiced, my tongue was glad. Ladies and gentlemen, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart is right here in Acts chapter 2, where his heart rejoiced and his tongue was glad. They were asking, what does this speaking in tongues mean? Are these people drunk? Isaiah 28 tells us what it means, that with stammering lips and another tongue, God will speak to his people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. And this little 
add on at the very end, yet they would not hear. The Holy Ghost is going to be so radical. It's going to be so powerful. It's going to be so life-altering and life-changing that yet they will not hear. David said in Acts 2, you want to know what this is? Or rather, Peter did. He said, here's what David made, made known, that his heart rejoiced, his tongue was glad. That's what you're looking at right here. So not only did Joel say, I'll pour out my spirit. But David said, your heart would rejoice, your tongue would be glad. That is a description of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. Um, so when we read Romans 10, we are coming through the book of Acts. People that came through the book of Acts received the Holy Ghost. Every one of them did. The Bible says that cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they all got it that way. They all called upon the name of the Lord. All of them, their heart rejoiced and their tongue was glad. All of them confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart the way they did in Acts 2. Not an arbitrary language that you understand the way people do it in modern religion today. Now, this is not only true from Acts 2, but... Same thing happened in Acts 8, where Simon the sorcerer saw them receive the Holy Ghost, and it stunned him to where he offered money that he, he could lay hands on people and they get the Holy Ghost. Whatever happened there, Simon wanted to pay for it. Acts 10, they began to speak with tongues. Acts 19, they spoke with tongues. I am, I am strongly contending that these people were confessing with their mouth and believing in their heart. Their heart rejoiced, their tongue was glad. This is the Isaiah 28 fulfillment. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Now, that is not all. You know, before Romans 10 ever comes our way, you have to go through Romans 8. Romans 8 sets the stage for Romans 10, and Romans 8 is very clear as to what's going on. Before you ever get to Romans 10, you got to go to Romans 8, verse 15, where he says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit, capital S, itself beareth witness with our spirit, little s, that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So before we're ever confessing with our mouth and believing our heart, the Bible says that the spirit of adoption comes upon us and we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. So that is a powerful description of speaking with other tongues. That is a, an epistle format where Paul is saying, you want to know what speaking in tongues is all about? His spirit comes down upon you, onto your human spirit. And when that happens, you and I are going to cry, Abba, Father. You ever wonder what Abba, Father means? It's two different languages. Abba is an Aramaic word, and it means father. And if you read this in the original, that word father there is pater, Abba, pater, which is a Greek word. So Paul takes pains to put an Aramaic word and a Greek word side by side. What he was saying was, when his spirit comes upon your spirit, there will be two languages. There will be cloven tongues. There will be 
you'll be crying out to the Father in more than one language. <laughs> this is a description, an epistle description of what happened in Acts 2, 8, 10, and 19. This is what it means to call upon the name of the Lord. This is what it means to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And it's not the only place where Paul describes it. He does it again in the book of Galatians. Let's go to Galatians and let's take a look at Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. This is what Paul tells the church of Galatia. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. The spirit is going to come into your hearts, and the spirit is going to cry, Abba, Father. There it is again, Abba, Pater. Into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And when that happens, verse 7 tells us what that means. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. That means you're born of the spirit. So that process of his spirit coming into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, that's what happened in Acts 2. They were crying, Abba, Father. They were crying out in cloven tongues, like as a fire. They were crying out in more than one language. It's what confounded the people on the day of Pentecost. They were confessing with their mouth and believing in their heart. That is the Bible paradigm. That is the only scriptural precedent we have for someone confessing with their mouth and believing in their heart. And when that happens, you are not a servant anymore but you are a son. That means you're born. That means you are inheriting. You are becoming a son or a daughter of the Most High God. So when people read Romans 10 without the book of Acts, without Acts 2, 8, 10, or 19, without Isaiah 28, without Romans 8, without Galatians 4, they're just superimposing. Yeah, look, see there. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Lord, I confess you, I... I believe you. I feel better. <laughs> That's not what happened, folks. The, the, that fiery baptism of the Holy Ghost was a radical experience that caused people to burn their curious arts and their witchcraft and, and sell their land and lay it at the apostles' feet and forsake everything in their life for the gospel of Jesus Christ, to, to hazard their lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ, to go into the world, to defy the Roman Empire. That's not just a little conversation where we give this little verbal mental assent and then say this little sinner's prayer. And that is why so much of what is called Christianity crumbles today. It's falling before the LGBTQ narrative it is falling before <clears throat> the profound wickedness that is sweeping the world. It can't stand before it because it's not genuine. The real thing, you will confess with your mouth, you'll believe in your heart, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost, and you'll speak with other tongues. That's the Bible paradigm. That's why Christianity exploded like wildfire, and that's why apostolics contend for it so strongly. So I hope that's a blessing to you. I hope you can share this with your friends and your family. This is what it means to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you shall be saved. Thank you for your time and your attention. I hope it's a blessing. Send us your comments, your questions. The vast majority of comments are very very gracious, very kind, very edifying. We have a few critics out there, and to all of our critics, we love you. We're praying for you. You'll see the error of your way soon. 
<laughs> God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time uh, when we're back here on the Biblos, Net Biblos Network. God bless you. Bye-bye.